Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini sewed. Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. If you could go back in time, what would you change? Would the universe let you make a change? If our future is predetermined, then nothing you can do will change it. If it's open to influence, then anything you do might just change everything. Whatever you decide, just make sure it's an excellent adventure. We are on episode one out of five of our time travel miniseries. And this week, we're talking The Adam Project. Have you ever wondered what Ryan Reynolds was like as a kid? Want to know what evil Catherine Keener is like? Or just see some more Zoe Saldana in your life? Maybe you've always wanted to know what happened to Jenna and Matt in the future. You probably don't want to watch this movie then. Anyway, sassy time travel with quippy kids. It's fun. I just realized that the, the, both of them were in Suddenly 30. Why didn't I? <laughs> That's very cute. Jenna and Matt. <laughs> It's very, I was, I was writing that and then it was the first time I actually thought of it and I went, oh, they're never together in this movie. They're never, like, they're never in the same scene together. Uh, no, no, there's a scene with the cereal bowl when she's like pouring him cereal and both of them cereal when he's trying to cook and she's like, you're a terrible cook. Oh, sorry. No, there is. There is when he goes home. I'm lying. There's one, there's one, there's a whole fucking (laughs) thing. Jesus. Because it's a whole scene (laughs) where she's like, you're a bad cook. Let me do it. You're just a father. I'm the mother. And then then she pours. She's like, look here, let me pour you cereal and then I'll pour myself cereal. And then they sit there with their cereal and they have this chat and nobody has the cereal and they just put the cereal down and I'm like, have some cereal you still haven't eaten anything you guys <laughs> that was one of my final movie comments. food <laughs> <laughs> i know i know they have to do a billion takes so if they eat there's continuity issues yeah so, so it's don't, always don't funny. ever eat that was the thing that i remember it's, it's totally off topic but um i remember watching a thing before it was like kind of behind the scenes thing for the big bang theory and because they're always eating in the big bang theory they always have they have the they go to the cafeteria for lunches and yeah. they're always eating takeout because none of them cooks. Yeah. And they did say, like, I remember the cast were saying it. They're like, what's the best thing about the show? And they're like, the food. <laughs> so much food. There's always food. The food is the best. <laughs> they eat. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. I've, I've heard behind the scenes stuff. I can't remember um, where it was from. I think actually weirdly it was like BBC Pride and Prejudice, right? Where yeah. they, the, the, the crew would lay out these elaborate, like, Victorian era like breakfast and it's like oh, so yeah. elaborate and one actor used to just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat <laughs> and it was like they had to constantly refill the plate because they'd cut and then you can't cut and then suddenly there's less oh, food no. and then more food and so it was like they they were just because the character was sort of eating that was like part of the thing it was like this hilarious thing where nobody else ate because they didn't want the drama of having to do the continuity issues <laughs> except for this one actor that just loved the food that was in front of them and just kept eating it <laughs> So off topic and so random. Let's talk about the Adam Project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, did you like it? I, I wrote fun movie. That was like my in the corner yeah. of my notes. It was so fun. That, I, that's really what I fun. wrote as well. I just said I like this movie. It's fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, yeah, and I think it was fun. Yeah, this, it was just really fun. I have, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about the cast and the little people that were fun. But yeah. I was just found it really entertaining. And honestly, it was really light because, you know, everything was fine in the end and, you know, they all saved the day. And I, I was never worried that anything was going to happen. It was just, 
It was just fun yeah. and silly. I mean, it is very much, yeah, it is that, that kind of like family-friendly Disney kind of, you know it's going to have a good ending, so it's mm. okay, and you don't have to like mm. stress about like what's going to happen or what twist totally. is going to happen. It's just like, no, this yeah. is just, it's enclosed, and it's and that's where we want it to yeah. go, and that's great. We're With Mark Ruffalo turning up in the middle to lend gravitas, you know, yeah. what he does now. He just turns up to be like this serious scene. <laughs> he can make you cry and doesn't matter which movie. He'll just, he just performs his bin and you get teary eyed and then you, then he's like, okay, back to the action. Yeah. I watched this one with Raph too. Raph, Raph like loved it. Yeah. Did he? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, it wasn't from the 1900s and it wasn't glitchy. So. <laughs> it's modern it. yeah loved it well it that's funny. good um how do we feel about the cast then how do we, let's yeah, talk my... about walter scoville come on who's that the kid yeah yeah he's very funny he's really good it's he's... just so different than the kid actors from when we were little i know isn't it so different <laughs> Even grew- just the bully scene is for the the bully scene is very oh. fun the, the beginning one, but it's just so it's such a it's such a firecracker of a scene. It's oh so, it's, yeah, it's great. It's like yeah. that. So he got hired. It's hilarious. I've, I've seen some of the um, the interviews about it, and he got hired for it because basically he was able to recite word for word in like Ryan Reynolds' character Deadpool. He would just oh, sit really? there and just do it. And they were like, that, that, oh my God, that's the kid. That has to be the kid. Like, who else could play young Ryan Reynolds? Like, oh, he's so familiar with him, the, yeah. his mannerisms. He just, yeah. He just yeah. is him. Like, he just is. It's like, he, uh, that's how I felt watching it. I was like, this is the perfect casting between the two of you. Like, you, he is so mm. clearly young you. Like, there's no yeah. one else that could have done that. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds is honestly so funny he's so funny oh he's just he's cornered the market of this he is <laughs> I... kind of funny wisecracking superhero kind of thing but he's yeah. so funny that's he's true a... he's just he's just light-hearted and easygoing and like you can just always enjoy him in a movie like there's just no you know there's like certain people that are like typecast into roles and i just don't care <laughs> Like, I don't care. He I'm makes movies that that works for him because that's, that's his style. His and I'm like, it's the same with The Rock. I'm like, do whatever the fuck fine. you want. I'm fine with it. I will come and watch you. <laughs> Be you. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the rest of the cast then. Uh, should we? Well, we've mostly it's just like what Zoe Saldana, Catherine Keener, mm. and then of course Jennifer the Garner Donna. and the Ruffalo. Well, you just went past cast went past Catherine Keener like it was nothing. I love Catherine Keener. And yeah, I no, I was aging. just saying they're the other people left to talk about. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I love Catherine Keener. I just love her. Yeah. It was so exciting when she turned up. All I want to say, it's the same villain as Time Cop. Yeah, so the this concept. is what I... No, so this is what I was thinking. I was like, this movie is Time Cop. This is the updated <laughs> version of Time Cop, basically. <laughs> we get to You wanted a sequel. This is your sequel. Shh. Questions. We'll get to that in the questions because I okay. completely agree. <laughs> completely agree on so many levels. But yeah, Catherine Keener, I love. Um, Mark Ruffalo, yeah, like he's is just. But he's also getting typecast. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is he just always this great guy? Does he ever play not I a just, great guy? I don't think so. I also kind of, part of me thinks that it's not, it's not even, part of me thinks it's not about typecast with Ruffalo. For some reason, I just feel like Ruffalo's gone. I've been doing this for a while now. I'm pretty happy with my life. You want me to drop by a movie and do a bit? I'll do a bit. Cool. Do you know, I don't feel like he's out there actively looking for roles that will challenge him, that's going to get him an Oscar or anything mm. like that. I feel like Ruffalo's just like, I'm happy. Spotlight, when he did Spotlight, when he was screaming yeah. about child sex abuse, that, that was sort of his Oscar bid, I mm. reckon. Um, yeah, yeah, well, we did Internal Sunshine, he was in that, he was a little bit of a dick, but it, it's funny, because even, even when his characters are dickheads, he always balances it into a, like a full character. That's why he's so good. So I'm like, is he always playing good guy? No, he always plays like real people. Yeah. That are not perfect ever. Yeah, no complex. one's perfect. And no one's completely terrible either. He's just good like that. So love him. <laughs> and then, yeah, Jennifer Garner. Oh, I love her so much. Like, I love her so much. I just, I just like always, I just, I feel like, I feel like Jennifer, do you know, that's probably what it is. It's like, I feel like Jennifer Garner, similar with Mark Ruffalo, is in these roles like this, they're they're almost just being themselves, mm. a version of themselves. Mm. Do you know, it's like I yeah. believe that that's just who Jennifer Garner is, and I believe that that's just yeah. who Mark Ruffalo is, and it's just like, and it makes me go like, I want you to be my parents. By the way, I do, I do, like I, I don't know. I guess you agree, like because of what you just said, but we just think that Jennifer Garner must be this like wonderful person. Yeah, she probably is a she wonderful is. person, but it's like everybody is like, yeah, it's like we all agree Jennifer Garner must be IRL a wonderful person, and Ben Affleck fucked that shit up. So oh badly. yeah, yeah, that yeah, fucker, that all, fucker. Our opinions, yeah, our opinions on their relationship are all like pretty unified. <laughs> there are two that, people in the entirety of Hollywood who will always and forever be tainted in my view because of how they treated their wives, and that is Ben Affleck and Brad Pitt. Really? The two gens. Oh, Jennifer Aniston because of Jennifer. The, yeah, the two gens will have my undying devotion forever. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think yeah. it's, but it's also, it's also one of those things where it's, it's not, I, I think there's certain people where it's like, oh, you might think and then you might be surprised it might turn out to be dickheads and stuff like that. But there are people that it's like unified in Hollywood. You see other celebrities talking about them, that they are all like, everyone says it. Jennifer Garner is the most wonderful person in Hollywood. People, everyone says it. So I'm like, I trust everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about anything? Uh, do you have any other cast points that you want to talk about? Or should we move into discussion one? Let's go to discussion. Okay, time travel story. Uh, mm. So how do we feel about the story that they pitched for time travel? <laughs> do you have some thoughts for that, maybe? I have so many thoughts. So, yeah. So my first thing was, like, you know, meeting yourself. And I was like, same matter. Can occupy same space. <laughs> that was immediately what I thought about. And and then I was like, okay, so they had this whole thing where there's there's one t- one place in time where you belong. Yeah. And I'll ignore the fact that they were like on a quantum quantum level. I know, yeah. I'll just ignore that. But I love, because I was like, oh, that solves problems for us that we've had. Yeah. And then they were like memory reconciliation. Mm. And we, it was almost like they listened to our podcast episode or, yeah. you know, they fixed, they sort of fixed anything. So it's almost like the movie is like this post time travel genre film where it's like resolving all of the other issues in all the other movies because every time it was like oh here's a paradox it was like not so fast we've uh-huh. thought of a solution <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I agree that they're the notes that I wrote down as well. I was like, I like I like that they did that. I like that they were like, well, yeah, of course, you know, time travel does create paradoxes, but we can, you know, we can um, solve these paradoxes by like just accepting that you could because we've talked about it with all the rest of them. It's like what happens when he goes back to his time and it's and it's exactly what you've said in see yesterday and time cop as well it's like once you go back to your time they're not the uh what do you call it the spaceman who's just traveling mm. traveling throughout everything and always remembers everything no he goes back and he doesn't remember he doesn't have yeah. any recollection of this happening and um uh it's a more it's a more kind of complete explanation i think you know it's like yeah. as soon, once once you've kind of solved it or once you've figured it out, it's like everything just resets. How That's it resets, right. yeah. But look, it's moving. Fine, yeah, it, it resets as in time. Time isn't all just relative to you. That yeah, that was my like traveling spaceman theory. Yeah, where you and nobody else knows you know. So yeah, you go you go back. It reconciles itself somehow, and you don't. So I'm assuming at the end, there's no memory, even yeah. though the kid is like, "I love you, mum." You know, he kind of changes his personality somehow. So I'm like, There's does some... he remember? Well, I think it's it's more, um, it's like what you, so it was the same with, um, you you brought it up in CU yesterday to do with Calvin. You remember, like, there was that moment where Calvin was just like, he just didn't feel right. Something was mm-hmm. off. He felt that kind of like... And mm-hmm. and I feel like it's the same thing. You know, we had those moments where when both of the parents, I don't want to get into it just yet. We'll talk about it in a while. But there's the scene where they both encounter um, grown up Adam and they both know it's him. They both feel mm-hmm. and sense something. So there's some link and connection between them all. So I guess it's just kind of saying that there is some sort of link throughout time and space when when you have that connection with someone um and maybe adam has that that kind of physical memory or some sort of memory link to mm-hmm. just knowing that there's something something is shifted in in his own feeling and thoughts and attitude towards his mother you know recognizing yeah. that maybe you know seeing that she's um struggling herself and that maybe if he was just mm. a bit kinder to her <sighs> Yeah, I don't know if that yeah. was coherent. What I just said, sorry. I'm no, it like, was Whoa. coherent, but, but I yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. it was quite sad. It was quite moving, like the way she was feeling and her loneliness mm. and 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 the fact that like the age that he was is like similar to my son's age. And yeah, I was watching it with him, and I was like, eh, eh. I was like looking at him. I was like, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's like if someone could come back in time and be like, bro, yeah, like be good to your mom. Don't wait 20 years to realize how yeah. amazing she is. <laughs> it was really nice. But yeah, I suppose he did experience all of that. So somehow inside him, in his mind, he's shifted his feelings towards his mother and he yeah. feels that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll take that solution. Okay. Great. <laughs> we accept it. Um, when we they talk- were all playing... When they were all playing ball at the end. Oh, I loved it. And I was like, okay, so what happens to them? Are they just disappear and then they turn up? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I was like imagining, okay, what happens to these two? They kind of disappear and they're 
Like, really? No, like, what happens to them? <laughs> yeah, I think they just disappear. They just disappear. I think that's that's the little bit of the Back to the Future idea, you know? It's like, as as the as the moment was happening at the dance where it was becoming, you know, less and less likely that the parents were actually going to get together, Marty was starting to disappear. And, you know, it's like, it, but it's that same thing that we talked about. And then when they said that when, when they fixed it and they were like, oh, they, I think they asked that, didn't they? They were like, what's going to happen now? Or, or, you know, why are you still here? I think Ruffalo says. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I guess it just takes a bit of time for everything to reset. And yeah, they're like, how much time do we have? Enough yeah. time to play catch. I know. It was very yeah. sweet. <laughs> well, all they need to improve that. And this is like, it gets so explainy because we, we have this thing about like explain nothing, explain mm. everything. And sometimes they could go even further and, and put a new rule of like, you have exactly 67 seconds, yeah. 67 <laughs> minutes before you disappear. Your quantum level starts to get so improbabilistic that you start to disappear molecule by molecule and you're 67 minutes and then and there'll be like a whole like countdown clock and then it'll be like, oh my God, minutes. we have three minutes, I can play catch something like that and that would okay. make it perfect yeah would anyway. it would it yeah because because i foresee no issues with your mind of watching this movie if you're like and then they had a countdown clock <laughs> <laughs> how unrealistic was the countdown clock <laughs> yeah it's so explainy <laughs> so explainy um, that just becomes it becomes its own joke yeah so Shall we move into the method of time travel then, the technology that they're using? Because there's a couple of things yeah. here that I thought were really cool. And then there's one thing yeah. that I was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> the whole, <laughs> well, the whole thing was that it was wormholes. So, yes. space, spaceships being able to generate wormholes. Um, so, this idea mm-hmm. that they've created some sort of super duper energy source, which is blue, because all futuristic energy sources are blue. They all have a blue glow. That's that's the mm-hmm. rule in movies. Um, mm-hmm. So the ship is able to generate a wormhole and then they can travel through the wormhole um, to a different point in time. And uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much it. The reactor has a quantum signature, apparently. And um, they the, the thing that bugged me, I think, is... So the well, the premise comes from this whole uh, magnetic particle accelerator, which was the, the largest EM accelerator in the world. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? As opposed so, to all the particle accelerators that don't use magnets. Like, what are you actually talking about? And I tried to look it up to see: is this like a different thing that I've just not heard about? Is this some sort no, of like theoretical? No, but there's thing about. I was like, is there some specific terminology? Um, that is, uh, like, is there some other thing that's a specific terminology for for some method that, that is just, like, a theoretical thing that hasn't been developed yet? And it was just like, no, there is nothing else. So I just, it's just one of those things where they just, like, heard magnets and particle accelerator and went magnetic particle accelerator. And I think they, they might have taken the concept of um, maybe what they're doing is there's there's this theoretical idea with CERN that because of the way that the collisions occur that a the density of the collisions or like the energy and the density is high enough that if string theory was true and we do have other dimensions of space um, then a quantum black hole would be created Uh, it's not designed to do that but it's just it would be a natural occurrence as a Mm. result of the existence of other spatial dimensions 
So maybe maybe it was like kind of to do with that, that they were just basically saying like a strong enough pulse within the particle accelerator. Well, it would be a collider, really, uh, would be enough to generate a wormhole. Um, okay. In terms of like if we think of a, a black hole in terms of an Einstein Rosen bridge rather than a just a randomly placed wormhole, that it would be a wormhole between two black holes. Sort of. Okay. So uh, maybe that's what they were trying to say. <laughs> You have to say why the blue pulse might create a wormhole because, but then that doesn't explain. Yeah, they go into the magnetic particle accelerator and this is like time soup. You know yeah, how it's I, like on the ground is time. It's like it's like it's all time soup on the ground. It actually now that I'm saying time soup, which I decided that it is, it reminds me of altered states when they're all in the soup. At no. The end. no, no, they fall into the soup like in the middle. Yeah, like the soup. Oh, oh I'm in this soup. <laughs> oh my gosh. How can I get out of here? It's like this movie invents this weird plasma soupy thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't like, to be fair, I, I wonder if I looked more into it, would I find something that was more satisfying? But I just I just didn't look that deep into it. I'm just checking very quickly if there was a science consultant on this movie. But but something another thing know. about the time travel method, and I agree, I thought it was very cool. They shoot a pulse, the wormhole comes. I was like, cool. Wormhole, yeah. it's a pulse. Yeah. Fine. But the fact that it was basically one man and one woman doing the entire thing. Like in reality, it would be hundreds of people would be involved in this. And yeah. instead, it's like this one guy and this one lady. No. It's yeah. just them two running around the particle accelerator. But I guess like that's just one of those things where it's like, it's just a. When? Hold on. Hold on. I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay. Um, yeah. It was filmed during COVID. <laughs> well, because there's no one else in the cast. Do you know what I mean? Everything yeah, happens yeah. in the house. There's a couple of people <laughs> at the university. There's some people at the university, but everyone's obviously spread out in the chairs in the lecture hall. But I suppose it's just a case of like, well, why have a bunch of scientists running around in the background? Also, they're going there on an off day, aren't they? There's no one there. Yeah, but the but the thing is, like, it's just him and without him, there's one guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. Fine, fine, fine. Jesus. But it wasn't really, but I guess it wasn't really without him, was it? It was like the, it was just that there wasn't, was it that just that they couldn't rebuild it? They wouldn't be able to build another one. If he, if he takes the code. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <coughs> no, yeah. I guess it's more like he understood enough of the architecture to know exactly how to fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose if it hasn't been, yeah, but you're right though, like it would have taken so many people to do that. But then I suppose it's like how much would be kept secret versus from everyone? Mm. How much of a collaboration is it? How much is it just a case of this is his specific piece and because it's not been published yet, maybe not many other people know. I don't know. Um, but also the fact that like the algorithm was only had one developer, like it was just him. He did it on his own. Nobody also, did it. Also, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of do feel like this this concept that, like, scientists are, like, the genius scientists are the only ones that can do a thing. Do you know? So it, it's kind of like, okay, sure, he did it. It worked. 
then they found out this is a bad idea. Let's destroy it. Does that mean that no other scientist would be able to figure out what he figured out? Unlikely. Someone else. Yeah, totally. It. It's yeah, still yeah, gonna yeah. happen. Like there isn't some nerdy computer people that aren't doing the coding for him. Like it's yeah. all him. He does the entire thing from the conception all the way down to the developing yeah. the software that can be actually put into production. I don't think so. He's a jacks of all trades. He's a jacks of all trades. Not yeah. He went from conception all the way to productionization. He's sure. a Ruffalo magic man. Ruffalo magic man. Magic sure. Mark. Can we can we jacks rename it Magic Mark? Magic Mark. Jacks of yeah. all trades. No, I think yeah. Jacks of all trades is Fine. solid. Sorry. <laughs> that, yeah, when we that, like that it, when my... we like it, when it, when it's when it's a bullshit part of the storyline, it's a Jacks of all trades. When it's a good thing that we're like, listen, we love it. We love what they did in the movie. It's a Magic Mark. It's a Magic Mark. Fine. <laughs> we, when we hate it, it's a Jacks. When we like it, we refer to Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I feel like that works for me. Um, Okay, so is there anything else you want to talk about in the creation of the wormhole or the time travel technology idea? Nope. I like that the jets are coded to DNA. I think that's a fun thing. Yeah, I had that in my next section, Mm. just talking about the jets. Yeah, I agree. I love that. And I also love the little thing that you stand on that takes you up to the ship. Yeah. So good. And the fact that it was hidden stealth. Oh, it's great. And it's like yeah, it cool. the reason I like the uh, the reason I like the DNA coding thing is because it was a really clever way to introduce into the story why young Adam had to go with him. That's right. Do you know, it was yeah. like it it yeah. wasn't a superficial kind of like accidental or just some some goofy way to it was like, no, it's like I'm injured. It won't let me fly it. I need your DNA. Get in, bitch. It's great. Yeah. It was really good. I uh, actually, yeah, let's go to best bits now because okay. because something just came into my head. I forgot to write down, but I honestly, his whole when he sees Ryan Reynolds' muscles, he was like, "Wait, <laughs> so what? Good. When? What? Do I get girls? Is it girls? You got married? Oh my god! Do I get? Do I get laid? Are you serious? I the his 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 constant like being like but wait but really oh my god yeah. when <laughs> when does it was this happen so right? <laughs> funny it was so good it was so I was cracking genuine. so genuine <laughs> he's just look at the muscles when he's like frozen and just like uh wait was so i was cracking up the entire time every time he made any reference to that it killed me <laughs> It was, you're right. Like, it is such a thing. It's like, they never do that really in these movies. Never. But it is. It's like, of course you would be like, hang on a yeah. minute. I'm going to be that. What? It that's, reminds that's me. me. <laughs> it reminds me of when me and you go on these funny tangents where movies will present some concept and me, you just go down these rabbit holes of like, wait, but like, if it really happened, it'd be like this. So I feel like this movie was kind of like funny in that sense that they were like, okay, let's think about if this really happened. It would kind of be a little bit like this. Like, what's the first thing you'd want to know as a boy? You'd be yeah. like, Exa- how oh, exactly. Big did I did you end did I end up getting? And and is there girls and like that is the only thing that he would wonder without question. Yeah. And, and, and the guy's basically trying to be like, you, everything turned out totally shit for you. Your life is shit. But he was like, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, but none of that matters because look how jacked you are. <laughs> <laughs> it was genuine. It was, it was real. Like that to me is like, that is real life. Yeah. That's proper um, real life. 
it actually does bring me into something that I loved, which which is like one of the best bits about the movie for me as well, is that um, it's the fact that we did do that whole uh, you meet you meet your past self. Mm. Like we didn't do that whole don't you can't you can't run into your past self because oh shit will happen. Like what shit's going to happen? Why is that a rule in time travel movies? You can't run into your past self. Why? It's like. Because, because you said, be- yeah, but because of like what you said, this whole like memory reconciliation thing, or just that like if you um, if you kind of wipe out what the effects are are going to be, then why can't you run into your past self? Yeah, exactly. And and I like how Ryan Reynolds were like, we don't really know how it works, but like when I travel back, I I won't remember any of this, or you yeah. won't remember any of this. So we don't like- know, but like it it works out. I was like, cool, yeah, cool. They have so- they had conversations that we've had. It was funny yeah. to me. It was like very it, modern oh. in that sense because 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 modern audiences are very tired with time travel and they've thought yeah. about this stuff a lot. So it just kind of delivered. It was very satisfying, you know. That, exactly. It was like, okay, let, let's take a slightly different approach to it. And I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I've got like a, a couple of bits here um, for, I have for best bits. Three. Okay, I've got quite a few, so I'm going to... Okay, I've got one thing that we want to... All right, <laughs> let me see. One of my... Okay, one of my favourite lines in the movie is very early on when he's talking to young Adam and Ryan Reynolds says, if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, you have a very punchable face. And it's such a good line. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's before yeah. Adam knows that like it's him kind of in the future. But yeah, I just yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. it's so cleverly structured, the sentence, the way it's like, it's that hint between it's like, oh, that's you. Yeah, I just think it's and great. also the, the 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 way that he's scared. He's it, the way that it's like this is kind of scary for me. I'm kind of terrified, but not really. But I'm saying like the way that he says anything is set up all the lines as if to say that he's menacing the boy. So it's like you're working in yeah. both directions. So from the boy's point of view, he's being menaced by somebody, but the lines have like a dual meaning, and so it's like he's, everything he's saying is just filling the kid with terror, and it's kind of like, yeah. it's a comical, it's comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, just in terms of dialogue, just uh, I'll just give you this one, and then and then we'll move into one of yours. Um, there's the, the you know the whole like the fight pep talk that he gives to young Adam. You know, it's like, oh, you need to, uh, oh, you need to yeah. face this and everything. Like, there's that whole thing. And then young Adam just gets, like, punched. And, and you, like, he doesn't have that moment where you think, oh, he's going to stand up to the bully. The bully's just like, yeah, fine. But the best part about that is the repeat of the pep talk later on. Yeah. It, it, just, it was just so good. I just really enjoyed that. It was just like, well yeah, done. funny. Good, good payback, kid. Banana or whatever he says. But yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very funny. He uh, was annoying. He was incredibly punchable and annoying. And he was looking back at himself and being like, oh, man, I was the worst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, all right, one of mine. Yeah. So this this just made me laugh when she was like, oh, you go, you go. I've had years to rig my defenses. One explosion. And then that was it. That that was years. Oh, I've been here for four years. All I've had to do is rig my defenses. Here it is, one bomb. Now, now I'm dead. <laughs> so funny. I was like, that is not, surely not. Come on. Come on, writers. Yeah, but there's only so much she was going to have been able to do. I know. 
I know. We, let's not get too deep into yeah. it. She was just yeah. saying it to him to get him to go away. But yeah. anyways, I, I was I was hoping for a way more, you know. Yeah. Way well, more, actually, you know. speaking of, um, I one of my favorite bits because I just think and then um, the fight scene in the garden when she turns up. Mm. I just yeah, it's that great. whole scene. I love it because I love what happens to the the baddies. Yes, their whole like weaponry stuff and everything. It's just this really cool sci fi thing. But then like you know the the way they all just disintegrate. Um, and I, he's like, oh, when you die outside of your timeline, it's really messy. I love it. Yeah. You know, I just I just thought it was really cool. It looked great, and she was such a badass in it. I love it. Yeah, she was she was really cool. She's very beautiful and very cool. And yeah, I love how they just introduce another device there just to be like, these people are going to now be exploited like this because he's like, it was very yeah. quick and very snappy. So, yeah, it was good. Great scene. Yeah. Uh, oh. Another one of mine is the beer scene with the two of them. When he repeatedly tries to check, he puts the beer down, the kid reaches for it, he pulls it back and then <laughs> they have a little heart to heart. And then the kid just sort of slowly reaches for the beer again. It's like, it's still no. Yeah. <laughs> very cute. What's another one um, of yours? <laughs> Sorry. God, <laughs> I like even saying it. There's a scene where uh, Ruffalo and Adult Renal Adult Adam are getting in a fight. Yeah, and, and Ruffalo jumps up to punch him in the face because he's so much taller than him. He has to do a little jump up. So and it's just the whole physicality of the way Mark Ruffalo does it, and he just jumps up and punches him in the face, and he lands back down. It was just really funny to watch. This yeah, is really I, I did wrote the fight with the, with his dad is great. I wrote that down, but I can't exactly remember. It. But the the when they fight each other, it's very funny. <laughs> it's just um, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, when and the last thing that I had was I just love the ending. It was super cool. The bullet thing was great. The bullet and oh my god, oh, yeah. a man of science. Like you might have a big gun, but I'm a man of science, and I have scienced my way out yeah. of this through <laughs> magnets. And and then I loved how like it goes that way, and then they have to like dash and run across the bridge, and it yeah. was really fun. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a really nice kind of way because it was like there was a moment, all right, where I kind of thought that like young that it was going to be that um, normal. Uh, you know, young, young, um, oh, what's her name? Catherine Keener becomes like, no, Adam is family. I don't want to, uh. but like mm. she doesn't, she's still kind of like a bit of a bitch. And I just like that kind of comeuppance of she like pretty much ends up killing herself because of um, that she doesn't save the day. The young one doesn't say, sacrifice herself to save the day. You know, it's just a pure kind of little kick in the ass basically yeah yeah well um, she she was like senator mccomb she she was she was allowed herself to yeah. get corrupted <laughs> yeah he's your punishment yeah she was sort of yeah anyways so i, liked it. I love that scene yeah that's, my, that's all my best bits what's my, yours my you last know? one is the pub scene with jennifer garner and ryan reynolds mm, yeah it's yeah. just such a beautiful scene i think it's so well done between the two of them um it's moments like that as well that kind of show you that like Ryan Reynolds doesn't always have to be quippy and quirky and smart ass. Like, you know, he can show genuine emotion and care. And I just thought it was really sweet 
And I love how that, like that thing that we talked about before as well with um, with the whole Calvin interview yesterday and and the, the moment when Ruffalo sees him in the lecture hall. And it's the same with her there. It's like there's something about the stranger that like there's a genuine connection and that she understands. And as soon as he's gone and she goes running out afterwards because she's had some sort of, like she just knows somehow on some level, she just knows that it's him. And I just love it. Yeah. I think it's a very comforting yeah, was, and beautiful scene. Yeah, he was very vulnerable. He's not. He doesn't usually show vulnerability in his roles. Mm. Yeah, it was lovely. Cool. Um, we on final comments. Yeah, we're on final comments. I've got three. I have one. Okay. Um, my first two then are just silly little things. Uh, I love that the dog's name is Hawking. Yeah, he wasn't so too, it wasn't a bit too on the nose. Yeah. I was like, it's a bit on the nose, but anyways. <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah. Okay. And um, I'm obsessed with their house and I want it. Yeah. it's Like, I want that house. way too nice. I that know. fucking house, Maybe that house fucking garden. Jesus crazy. Christ. <laughs> I know. It's just like, this uh. is insane. I want to live here. So, yeah. It's like professor of maths with this. Okay. Well, we don't know what her job is. That's Chief true. Hmm. Um... All right, mine is the asthma. Okay, I just want to say the kid needs to manage his asthma. He has no asthma plan. Jesus Christ. If you're using puffers like that more than twice in a day, your asthma is not managed. He should be on a steroid, turbuhaler, and instead he's using just the puffer. And he's not even using a spacer. They're like, breathe, one. I'm like, that's, he's not getting a full dose. You need to use a spacer for children. And it's four <laughs> puffs and four breaths. And that's just for relief. And if you're doing that more than twice a week, you're, guess what? Your asthma's not managed. I am sick and tired of movie <laughs> asthma when they run around with a little puffer. That is not how you manage asthma. To everybody out there, that is not how you manage your asthma. Jesus. <laughs> You've that's all been it. told. There You've you been go. Told. That's your lesson of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it. my last one is just that I wrote down that um, there's just some excellent comments about physics in Ruffalo's lecture. I like the way, so he basically says that we're meant to work on problems that our children will solve. Um, and, and he says, oh, yeah. you're empty husk while others work on your life work. <laughs> You'll be dead before, basically. Yeah, he's basically just saying um, this idea that, you know, you're going to get into science and you're going to, um, that your work will be complete, that you will do one mm. thing and then that's your thing and you've completed your thing. It's like, no, science is so large and complex and it requires, you know, a lot of dedication and time from many, many people. And I just like that he's making that point that like, you know, you, you will be long dead before your life's work is complete. Sheesh. <laughs> but it is but i think it's true but it's like i know because there's no like you work on projects where you're like oh this is the outcome of the goal that i want to achieve in the project but like an academic researcher there's never any yeah. end goal your your work is continuous eternally and you're constantly bringing new people in to continue that work and continue that development and and so much of that work you know that's why and i think a lot of people don't really understand this um in like you know a lot of people who aren't involved in science don't understand this that like the that's why the nobel prize is awarded to all these old people 
because it's stuff that they came up with decades ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. All, the, all this work had to be done before, you know, it was like, hey, look, you know, I mean, what was it, Higgs in the 60s? And then it was 2012 where it was like, ah, we proved that thing that you yeah. said in the 60s. Here's a Nobel Prize. I did and actually Angler. hear this in like my first year of my science degree. We were told the thing that the, the biggest thing you need to win a Nobel Prize is longevity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were told that too. Yeah, yeah, kind of in a, in a way. I think it's just yeah. interesting. It's interesting to kind of I th- I just really enjoyed it. It really resonated with me at the moment as well because I just like have a lot of people in the world just do not understand the process of science and and like that's fine. Mm-hmm. I get it. If you don't work in it, you don't get how it works, and that's okay. But like, there's just a lot of miscommunication online at the moment, particularly to do with like uh, quantum entanglement and the Nobel Prize. Because so many people are saying, oh, the Nobel Prize just proved this thing about entanglement. And I'm just like going, guys, the Nobel Prize is awarded for an experiment that was done like in the 70s and then the 80s and Mm. then the 90s. Like it's not, nothing was just proven. Nothing has changed in science. The awarding of the Nobel Prize has not changed anything in science. And like people need to kind of register that science is about it, it's long and it's detailed and it's decades of work. It's not uh, one. It's not the days of Einstein writing a paper and changing the world. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Many years. So, yeah. So I just I just really enjoyed that um, lecture that he gave. I thought it was great. Totally. Also, hashtag science lectures. Hashtag fucking science lectures. Yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even note that. I didn't even remember that. It's been a while. It's been a while since we did that. Do you know what's also been a while as well? Um, and I'm going to instigate it for our next movie. So if I remember to say it in the next recording, um, we haven't done a uh, acronym in quite some time. Yeah, uh, we haven't done one, but I, I sent you a photo of an acronym oh. that I saw. <laughs> you sent me, yeah, what was it? Co-stars. Co-stars for tandem. It was for tandem occlusions where you have two. There's no, how? How did co-stars make the thing? Or was there it just stars? There was a stars trial, and he was like, "How about let's go co-stars?" And he said, "This was the first time that I've I've put forward an acronym, and people were like, yeah, okay, fine.'" <laughs> that was what he said. Amazing. It's a subculture. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I love okay. it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. That, that's it for um. For the Adam Project. So next week we have Up, right? That's right. Yeah, main episode Up next week. And then in two weeks time, Pam Springs. Such a great movie. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.